0: Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
1: And we are 20 minutes away from three. Make sure you are listening to The Run Home later on. Uh, they are live from the Chemist Warehouse in Wairo. Should be an uh, exciting time. Who knows what madness will take place on that show on the road. So uh, be listening from the area, pop in and say g'day to Kirsten Beeve while you're down there too. Now uh, let's turn attention to basketball uh, and it has been uh, some some year for basketball in this country. Uh, the success of the Sales NBL should not be uh, should not be underestimated uh, and I want to talk off start off by talking about the uh, the breakers actually. Uh, while this season they're currently in isn't exactly going gangbusters, the season before, which was 2023, is uh, something worth reflecting back on? We're joined now by uh, Justin Nelson, Sky Sport Basketball commentator. Appreciate your time, Justin. And merry Christmas to you, mate.
0: Hey, yeah, yeah, to you as well. And twenty twenty four not too far
1: away. Hope you're well. Yeah, cracking into it, mate. Absolutely cracking into it. Now, as I mentioned, the Breakers' current season uh, isn't one that's likely to be put up in lights. But uh, fair to say, what Mudiay and the team achieved in the previous season uh, earlier in uh, the twenty two twenty three season was a uh, pretty a pretty special one for Breakers fans.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. It was a great run, wasn't it? They definitely hit form at the right end and went, well, all the way through to the grand final series. Unfortunately, uh, couldn't get the job done, but that grand final series in itself was incredibly exciting. And, you know, just that swarm and rise of basketball fans across New Zealand that we've seen emerge uh, in recent years uh, across the local competition, as you mentioned, the cells NBL, but also with what the breakers are doing. And... Uh, it all came together uh, earlier on this year and uh, gee, it was one heck of a series and great to see the fans out in full force.
1: We'll talk about the um, the sales NBL uh, shortly, which is growing as a competition. But how much of a shop window for uh, basketballs and attracting fans to the sport are the breakers? Like where, where does that stand compared to, say, uh, the other competitions, given that it gets, uh, say, slightly more um, widespread media coverage as the sole New Zealand team in an Aussie competition?
0: Well, the Aussie competition's the, the the most elite basketball competition in this region. I don't think there's any question about that. The the New Zealand uh, product, our own domestic competition, sits second to that, and then you've probably got the you know the remaining state leagues in Australia that are another step down. So, you know, when you consider the the Kiwi talent that's uh, now playing in the Australian NBL and it's been there for for many many years, but it's getting greater uh, year on year now. Uh, the breakers, obviously that Trans Tasman flavour. I think everybody loves to see uh, Kiwis up against the Aussies. So all of that comes into the mix. You know, it's also across in, in other sports in New Zealand, obviously with the Phoenix competing and. You know, we probably miss the Trans-Tasman these days in in netball, for instance, but certainly in basketball, it's alive and well and and the Breakers fly the flag. And look, they've had a very successful uh, time in that competition as well with uh, multiple uh, championships. So, yeah, it's a great window. It's it's a really good opportunity for basketball fans to see that next level of competition. Uh, And certainly the Breakers have done a good job of that.
1: The standard though that has been lifted, hasn't it within the sales uh, BL uh, the the skill level and I, I, it feels like to me and you'll have a far better idea of watching uh, much closer than I Justin it feels like that league has a lot more potential winners in it right now than it has done in, in recent times uh, there's no question about that
0: you know I think the the competitive balance that's been brought in you know that competition's had a salary cap in place now for three years which was a key move by the sales the NBL and In that three-year period, only one team hasn't made finals, which is quite remarkable when you think, you know, for decades before that, it literally seemed like it was always the same teams making finals. So that's been a big move, and that has definitely attracted the fans to come back in massive numbers. Uh, Fifteen NBA G League players played in the Cells NBL uh, in 2023. You know, in the Toehi competition, the Women's Pro League, that new competition, there were nine WNBA players. So... New Zealand is definitely an attractive stop for this uh, uh, international uh, talent that we have in in basketball. Of course, you know played in 230 plus countries, uh, so there's plenty of talent out there. Uh, but it's also been the rise of the Kiwis. You know, we've seen a lot of New Zealand talent, especially coming back from college NCAA basketball over the years. You go back pre-COVID, there was more than 150 Kiwis playing college basketball in the states. So. As those players progressively come back as well, that lifts the standards. You talk about that connection with the Australian NBL. uh, Out of this year's 2023 sales NBL, 20 players went on and signed contracts in the Australian League. No other single league in the world supplies more players into the Australian NBL than what we do here in New Zealand. So, yeah, it's going gangbusters, no doubt.
1: The salary cap is obviously a key factor to it, but that, that helps even things up. Does that bring the standard up as well because the teams are, are even? Because obviously you know, good players are good players, right? That, that They find a way to excel. But is the evenness of the squads getting more competitive basketball, therefore the players are raising their own skill game rather than teams uh, being stacked and other teams getting flogged without the chance to uh, sh- you know, prove skills because they're too busy uh, throwing the ball back?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's you know a case of all boats are rising, aren't they? As uh, as we continue to get better at what we do, and um, there's method in the madness when you're running a sports business, you've got to put these things in place to try and make the competition better. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about being in the business of entertainment. So the more that you entertain, the players feel that they feed off that. You know, the media coverage gets wider. And for a lot of these players, building their careers, it's about being seen. It's about their talents being broadcast worldwide. You know, obviously now every game within the Cells NBL is live on Sky, but it's also live around the world. Every game is live on ESPN throughout the United States. So when you've got that sort of coverage happening, players are aware of that. Their agents are aware of that. And, uh, and they want to be seen, they want to build their career. Uh, but no doubt it starts with that competitive balance. The talent is now spread across every team. There's a new team coming in in 2024, of course, in Taronga. So that's 11 teams now across the nation. The talent is spread. And I think one thing the salary cap has done is it's provided an opportunity for all teams to spend the same amount of money, and ultimately, that actually means there's more money being paid to players. So that also attracts the talent as well.
1: I'm still waiting uh, for that call up from Taro, by the way, yeah, Justin, I thought you passed on the number, <laughs> but uh, look, I, th- I suppose as uh, free agents go, um, at much like my uh, teenage days, I feel like I could stay a free agent uh, for a fair bit longer, just quietly. Uh, now let's talk about the uh, talk about the national sides, uh, and the, the, let's start with the Tall Blacks. The World Champs was an interesting one this year. I, I was really intrigued by uh, where that went and obviously uh, the World, the uh, Olympic qualification process that's going to come off the back of it. But I, I, I tell you what, New Zealand still managed it. Every time New Zealand's so competitive in those events, I don't mean to sound um, like I'm being patronising, but it still blows me away.
0: Uh, definitely, especially when you talk basketball and football. and you know I don't want anybody out there to take this the wrong way, but obviously we hang our hat a lot at uh, at international level on on what happens with with rugby and netball but they are two sports that are played in far less countries i mean especially you know you look at netball for instance commonwealth sport uh it's it's arguably you know there's a handful of very very good nations around the world um and, and that doesn't have the big populations the us india china You know, you get into basketball and football in particular and you're talking, you know, more than 200 countries. New Zealand as a population of 5 million people, I've got to tell you, uh, the performances at a world uh, level in those two sports is quite extraordinary. And we probably don't talk about it enough because the teams are sort of, you know, ranked, you you come to basketball, you know, the tall blacks, they're ranked you know in and around the top 20 but they're certainly not up around the top 10 or top five they probably don't get uh the coverage that they deserve when you're talking about how many nations they're up against and especially those big ones you know usa china as i said you get into the european nations as well it is quite an extraordinary uh level of competition that they're playing at and as you said through to another world championships and you know, good on them. They're now through to uh, Olympic qualification and, and a chance to go to Paris.
1: She's a tough chance, though. A very tough chance. It's uh, the, the, to need to come through that, essentially, the top qualified to, uh, to keep yourself alive with some quality teams come up against. Where do you rank the depth of the New Zealand team right now to be able to achieve that? Do, is it a case of one injury and uh, game over? Or is there enough to suggest that the this team isn't hanging its hat on just a couple of stars.
0: Yeah, look, it's it's an increasing level of depth. It's a really good question that you ask. And I think we'll see definitely over the next five to 10 years, we're going to see an extraordinary leap in the depth, both the, the Tall Blacks and the Tall Ferns. Um, there's some players that are at the end of their career in, in the Tall Blacks that are still, you know, serviceable. Uh, but the young talent coming up, I think, is uh, is going to be very... Uh, it's going to be a pleasant surprise for a lot of people because it is um, extraordinary young talent that we're about to see emerge. Some of some of those players we're starting to see. Uh, but, you know, you look at the World Championships, Websters weren't available. You know, Rob Lowe's retired from international basketball. Stephen Adams, of course. Uh, I think everyone holds out hope that we'll see him in a black singlet one day. And I personally think we definitely will. But he had injury concerns and continues to have injury concerns at the moment sitting out of the NBA season. So, yeah, look, it's definitely going to be tough to qualify for the Paris Olympics. I think the Tall Ferns have got a greater opportunity to get through. Uh, but at the same time, you've got to be in the race to win it, and they're definitely in the race.
1: Where do you feel uh, we should be... What direction should we be thinking uh, about the, the current fate of the of the Tall Ferns? Are they a team on the up? Are they a team that we should be showing some concern for? Where do you see their current standing?
0: I oh, know They're definitely on the up. Uh, I think we've sort of seen that come to life in the last couple of years. Again, it's, it's backed by this young talent that's coming through. And I think it's now heavily supported by the, the Toihi competition, this new pro women's league in New Zealand. We've seen Kiwis come home, some for the first time ever, to actually play. On domestic soil, as I said earlier, nine WNBA players came into Toehi this season. Now, pound for pound in any domestic sport in this country in 2023, that is the highest level of international talent. That came here and played in New Zealand. Quite extraordinary. And that is raising the tide and raising the bar for these young Kiwis. Charlize Ledger Walker, an absolute superstar on the rise. She's a very, very big chance of being drafted into the WNBA in 2024. She's finishing out her collegiate career. Each year we're seeing more and more uh, Wahine here from New Zealand going to the US and playing at the top level of college, NCAA 1. And they're going to come home over the next three or four years. They'll have a pro league to play in here in Toihi and that's going to feed into the Tall Ferns. I think the future for the Tall Ferns is incredibly bright, and we're going to see a lot of uh, opportunity for them, hopefully Commonwealth Games if it continues, but definitely Olympics and Asia Cup and World Cups and things like that. The future is incredibly bright uh, for the women's competition here in New Zealand.
1: Justin Nelson, always appreciate your thoughts, uh, expertise here on SCNZ. It's been a great year uh, getting uh, the, the insight on the hoops in New Zealand from you. I hope you have a really safe Christmas and uh, look forward to speaking to you again in 2024.
0: I appreciate it as always. Thank you.
1: Justin Nelson there. Quick break, then we're back for Back in the Day.